You're listening to the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lummer. I'm a certified life, health, and nutrition coach, and I'm also a breast cancer thriver. If you're trying to figure out how to move past the trauma and the emotional toll of breast cancer, you've come to the right place. In this podcast, I will give you the tools and the insights to create a life that's even better than before breast cancer. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 236 of the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lummer, and I have a question for you, something for you to think about. Are you a good girl? Do you want to be a good girl? Do you need to be a good girl? And what's the option if you're not a good girl? If you're not a good girl, are you just a bad girl? I mean, it kind of seems like those are the only options, right? I've never heard of an in-between girl, an on-the-fence girl, like you're a good girl or a bad girl, right? Now, let me give you a little bit of background about why I asked that question, because I was kind of out of the blue. So as I talked about on the last episode this past weekend, my husband and I spent a few days with some friends in Georgia. We had an amazing trip. We went to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. We had such a good time. It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever visited. So peaceful, so lovely. And our friends are so lovely and such gracious hosts. And we just had an absolutely amazing time. And as I shared also, when I talked about how having a healthy lifestyle can be hard on the last episode, 235, I had a lot of my own thoughts about what it meant for me to be a good guest, right? To be the good girl, to not be the one who's like making everybody go out of their way for me and doing things to accommodate this special diet that Laura is on. And I didn't want that to be my story, but it was just a story in my head, right? Nobody else, maybe they had that story in their head. I don't know, but nobody told me they did. It was my own story. And I bring that up now because while we were traveling, while I was on the plane, I was rereading the book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And I love travel for that reason. I love having a lot of time to just sit undisturbed and get to read a book. It's really lovely. But as I was reading this book, there were a few things that I'm going to share with you in a minute that I read that just went, oh, oh my God highlight that, underline that, remember to talk about this. Now, in my coaching programs, in my coaching membership, we talk a lot about healthy boundaries. I talk a lot about healthy boundaries here on the show. And it's for a good reason, because we struggle so much with these subconscious beliefs of being a good girl. And what does that typically mean? What does a good girl typically do? She typically does whatever the collective consciousness says equals a good girl. And it's typically at the cost of something to her, right? At the cost of something, at the cost of our comfort, at the cost of our well-being, at the cost of our time, of our stress levels, of something like that, of putting ourselves in a position that we really don't want to be in. Because something in our mind says, I don't want them to think I'm not a good girl, right? Or something on those lines. You may not think that exact phrase, but something to do with that. So when it comes to deciding what your healthy boundaries are, and then learning how 
to stand by them, to have your own back as you uphold your healthy boundaries in your personal and professional lives with different people close to you and not close to you and all the thoughts you have around them. It's so important because this long-term conditioning, this deep programming we have will fight you along the way. And sometimes you don't even know that's what's happening. Sometimes you just have like this punch in the gut kind of feeling. And so you do something that violates a healthy boundary. And it's only later when you stop and give it some thought that you realize, oh, somebody said something and it triggered me, right? Somebody said something and it made me think that, oh, my dad used to say that, like, oh, my dad used to say, oh, you think you're so special or you have to be the special one, right? So then somebody else says, oh, do you need some, some something special? Oh, no, 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 I don't need something special, right? When yes, we do. In fact, it makes me think about when I traveled for work, I don't like to share a room. And oftentimes I worked for a nonprofit for the last 13 years of my corporate work life. And when I would travel to conferences, most of the time it was shared rooms. And if it wasn't, there was an extra charge. And I always paid that charge out of my pocket because I knew the way I liked my morning routine. I knew the way I liked my evening routine. And I know, here's another good girl belief, that if I'm sharing the room with someone, I don't want to disturb them. And so I'll be thinking, what if I snore? What if I toss and turn? What if I can't sleep? What if I have the light on too long to read my book? Am I disturbing this person? I know I'll do that, right? I know my mind will go to how can I create a situation so this other person is not uncomfortable, and which is impossible, but I'll think it anyway. And so I don't want to share a room. I want my own room. And that's one of my boundaries. And I always did that when I was traveling. And one time I went to a conference. This was for my own business when I was starting my coaching business. And I really wanted to go to this. It was like a training and a conference, like a retreat. It was more like a retreat. And they said there were only shared rooms. There were no individual rooms. And so I got to tell you, it brought up a tremendous amount of hesitation. I did I didn't want to share a room. I don't like to do that. I mean, of course, I'll do it with somebody in my family, like a sister or one of my kids, you know, but not with someone that I don't know. Well, I really wanted to go to this retreat and I thought, you're just going to have to get through it. You're just going to have to do this and you're just going to have to get through it. And let's talk about what happens when we don't stick to our boundaries. I did it and I got to that retreat. And when the person who was greeting us walked me to my room, she said, here's where you're staying with, and she named the other person. And I'm looking at this room and I'm pretty sure my chin hit the ground because I can see the other person is already there. Her suitcase is already there. Her stuff is already sitting out, but there's only one bed. There's one queen size bed and there's two people in this room. So I'm not only sharing a room, friends, I'm sharing a bed with another human being I have never met in my life. Let's just say that did not work out well. I was not comfortable. I was not okay with it. I was, of course I said something, but I'm at the retreat. I've paid for the retreat and there were no other rooms available. And I was not okay with the fact that they didn't say ahead of time that 
there's a big difference between a shared room and a shared bed, right? And whatever, I mean, that's just the situation, right? So they're like, okay, sorry, thought you understood. Well, I didn't understand because it was never said. So here you are, are you gonna stay or you're gonna go? Well, the first night I stayed and I didn't sleep a wink because all the thoughts I shared with you a minute ago were going through my head and I couldn't sleep because I didn't wanna disturb this other person. Or like what, like roll over and flip my leg over her back? I mean, what the heck? Who does something like that? And so fortunately I had a friend that lived not far from where this retreat was. And the second day I packed up my bag and said, cool, I'll be here for the retreat activities during the day, but I'm leaving at night. And I went and I stayed with my friend in a spare room in their guest room during that time and during that whole four-day retreat, right? And I typically find that when we don't support our own boundaries, and I, I've heard stories of this, I listen to podcasts about this, I've read books about this, I'm sure it's not a newsflash to anybody. But what happens is we go against our boundary and inevitably we find ourselves in an uncomfortable position and then we become resentful. We could become resentful towards the people maybe who created that position. Like for instance, the people who were putting together this retreat and didn't give me some of what I feel was really vital information or also just towards myself for, dang it, here I am. I put myself in this position. I should have just gotten a hotel. I should have said, oh, if you only have shared rooms, I won't be staying on at the facility, right? I will stay outside the facility and drive over. But I didn't and that's okay. I figured it out. I learned my lesson. But I think that that's a really great example of things that can happen when we don't uphold our boundaries. And then we're, we find ourselves in an environment, in a situation with people where we just feel sick to our stomach and we're thinking, how the hell do I get out of this, right? Why is that important? Because that feeling, that punch in the gut, that is not a good feeling. That is not a feeling that supports our health that supports our wellness, that supports our mental and emotional wellness, that is not something that's a part of a healthy lifestyle. Healthy boundaries are something that are part of a healthy lifestyle. And examining the thoughts we have behind why we uphold them and why we don't uphold them are critical. So I'm gonna circle back. I shared with you, I was reading the book, The Biology of Belief, by Bruce Lipton. And it's a fascinating book. goes into a lot of science, but it's a lot about energy and how our thoughts and the energy that come from our thoughts affect us at a cellular level. It's an absolutely fascinating book. That kind of information, that kind of thought work that he talks about in the book really aligns with what I talk about in my coaching programs, because a key factor in why we do what we do, why we think we have to be a good girl, why we violate our boundaries is because of long-term conditioning. Conditioning that's in our subconscious mind that we are often not even aware of. As I said a minute ago, sometimes we'll find ourselves in a situation and we feel emotionally or physically, physically, the sensations are like, I am uncomfortable. I don't like this. And we're there and we're feeling it before we even realize what we're thinking, what is triggering those emotions or those feelings. And I want to share this with you because as I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to make sure and talk about this on a podcast because it's so powerful. But in his book, Biology of Belief, Bruce Lipton shares about uh, a study done in 2005 by Zagetti Massey. And in this excerpt, it says that, this is a quote, neuroscience has now established that the conscious mind runs the show at best 
only 5% of the time. It turns out that the programs acquired by the subconscious mind shape 95% or more of our life experiences. And then I think this is even more important part. It goes on to say, our lives are essentially a printout of our subconscious programs, behaviors that were fundamentally acquired from others, our parents, our family and community before we were six years old. Think about that for a sec. Now I'm 59 years old and think about all the things that influence the choices that I make in my life. Like for instance, will I sacrifice what I believe supports my own health around what I eat because I'm on vacation at someone else's house and I want to be the good girl? Will I let a boundary down in some place in my life so that I go a weekend without sleep so that I'm not the disruptor and I'm the good girl. Those are thoughts that come from childhood. So will I choose to live at the age of 59 from the thoughts of a six-year-old? The thoughts that were taught to me when I was in my most developmental stage from being born to five or six years old that I don't even realize drive me to do some of the things I do. Now we talk about this a lot, a lot in my coaching because it is so frigging powerful. Now, do we build on those thoughts? Absolutely. Do life experiences change things? Absolutely. But sometimes it's in those moments where you find yourself going, I want to say this, but I'm just not. That you may now that you're listening to this think, I'm just trying to be a good girl. I don't want to look rude. I don't want to be the bad girl. I don't want to question someone's authority. I cannot tell you how many conversations I have with people going through breast cancer treatment who want something for themselves or do not want something for themselves, but do not feel comfortable questioning a physician. Do not feel comfortable because they're afraid of what the physician might think of them, right? This is where we're going back to, I just want to be the good girl. And that comes at the cost of something to you. That's why it's so important. So does this mean never have manners, never be courteous, never be thoughtful? It absolutely does not. I'm speaking specifically to the situation where you're not going to do something that you know you need or you know you don't want and you feel like you're going to throw up or choke because your throat is so tight or your chest is so tight or your stomach is in knots when you're doing it because you've been conditioned to think, I just want to be the good girl. And it can be super challenging. You know, as I talked about my experience and something so easy as, you know, what food choices will be made with good friends. This was all my programming and how I thought I might appear and how I didn't want to appear. Now, did I choose to push through that? I did, but it was uncomfortable. Physical, physically uncomfortable sensations were happening in my body, right? While I was making these choices and some like teasing comments were made and it's okay. You know, people are just having fun, but I had to work through my own feelings of discomfort. One of the 
thoughts that I love, one of the concepts that I love about self-coaching, you know, when you're in this place where you're feeling uncomfortable and you notice what your thought is and you start to examine that and you're asking yourself, like, does that thought serve me? Something I think is so important to always think about and to consider is you are choosing that thought every single time right? So if I felt uncomfortable or if my throat felt constricted because my gracious host was making something that I had to say no to, and my thoughts were, that's impolite, good girls don't do that, don't be rude. And I could feel the constriction, I could feel my conscious self saying, I don't want to do that. And my subconscious self saying, be a good girl, right? And I had to really intentionally push through that. So can you do it? Can we change that programming? We absolutely can. And does it feel yucky sometimes in the process? And is it challenging? It absolutely is. I'm not going to lie. It absolutely is. So the question becomes, when it's the good girl choice, when it's the choice of, hmm, I know I don't want that. I know I have a boundary there. I know that I want that, but I don't want to say anything and look like, you know, some kind of a prima donna and we're feeling sick about it. That's when we have to say, can I deal with this uncomfortable emotion? Can I just allow myself to know this is going to be uncomfortable and not take being uncomfortable as the sign, oh, I should just give in and do it right? It's uncomfortable because back here, back in the back of your mind, that programming, that conditioning from your childhood, from your community, from your culture, from whatever it might be, is telling you, don't look this way. Don't appear to be this kind of a person. But you're not that kind of a person, right? If you already know that and you're concerned about it, let me tell you, if you're concerned about whether or not you look like a nice person, that tells me you're a nice person. Otherwise, you wouldn't give a shit. You wouldn't even be worried about it. So you can just embrace the fact that you are a nice person, but you have needs and it's okay. You have expectations for yourself and it's okay to have those. So when we find ourselves in that position, we've got to just allow ourselves to process that discomfort, to be in that discomfort, to trust ourselves, to know, I know I'm doing what's right for me and not at the cost of someone else, but at the potential that someone may have a thought about you that you would like them not to have which you have no control over anyway. So can you stay in that discomfort? Can you breathe through it? Can you allow it? Because each time you do and you stand up for yourself and say, there's something here in between good girl and bad girl, right? There's something here. There's strong, independent person. There's person who is a self-compassionate girl, right? There's a person who has healthy boundaries. There's a person who cares for themselves and for others. And it's not just black and white, good girl, bad girl. So can we believe that about ourselves and reframe this idea of good girl so that being the good girl no longer means the girl who puts herself out at the expense of herself, right? That does something at the expense of herself and her own well-being. Can we change that thought to being a good girl 
is the person who does something when it's not easy to do for the benefit of herself, right? For the benefit of her well-being, her wholeness, her happiness, and her healthiness. Can we reframe those beliefs and that subconscious programming about what it means to be a good girl, right? Can we just get rid of that damn term altogether? <laughs> but it's in there, right? It's in there. It's deep. It's deep. I mean, how many times throughout your life do, have you heard that this is good girls don't do that. Good girls do this. Good girl. Oh my God. So many things from what we say to when we smile, to what we wear, to when we speak. And I love that excerpt that I shared with you from the biology of belief, because I want to just encourage you, remember that those thoughts that are in your head, that deep programming that you're not even consciously aware of in the moment, didn't really come from you. Someone else put that in you. And you can be a good girl now with your own thoughts. All right. With the thoughts that support your health, your wellness, that reduce your stress levels and that support your body's ability to heal. Because that punch in the stomach feeling that my throat is closed, I don't think I can breathe feeling, my friend, those are physical symptoms of chemical reactions that are happening in your, bo happening in your body that are not supporting your wellness. All right? So what are the strategies? Notice it. Breathe through it. Allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Believe and trust in yourself that you know what you're doing is for your wellness. It is not at the expense of someone else, and it's no longer going to be at the expense of yourself. All right? I will talk to you again next week, and until then, be very good to yourself. Take care. to the test laid all your doubts to rest your mind is clearer than before your heart is full and wanting more your future's at the door give it all you got no hesitating you've been waiting all your life this is your moment